okay, I'm working. I'm good. Yeah. Anybody else? Yeah, I'm good. Uh, yeah. I'll just I'll just check again because I've <clears> got <throat> you've made me nervous now. No, it's <laughs> but it is that it's there is no going back. And honestly, we screwed this up when we were sat next to each other, Rob. So the likely <laughs> it is going to happen where we have to record these motherfuckers again. Um, yeah. Right um, now, there was uh, let's. I'm going to call it out straight away. We've got D- Damo back. Everybody give it up for Damo. Yeah. It, sounds, it sounds shit when there's just two people whooping and hollering, doesn't it? And even I joined in. <laughs> but the sentiment is there. It's just it doesn't. It sounds really pathetic. You can hear all the, the silent listeners clapping. There's no problem. Hey, talking about listeners... We've got. Um, I've not heard this yet, Rob. You you know this, Damo? Do you know about this? That Rob's got some slightly secret fan style. Yeah, he, he just told me. Yeah, I'm sorry, I, did, I missed that. Um, What's going on? What? So explain what it, I, I'm gonna have to, I'm have to listen to it later. More of somebody who is uh, appreciative of my lack of expertise in everything. I think is uh, is how I like to think of it. So there's a post on on Facebook apparently because I'm not on there. But uh, yeah, and it's a it's a compendi- compilation. That's the word I've been struggling for. A compilation of everything I don't know and I'm not an expert on. So it's it's really funny. You want because to have a listen? If by any chance there's somebody who's choosing this episode to listen to first, like they've just joined in, this is the one they're going to do. In the past, we'll be just in conversation, and then. Rob will sort of second guess his knowledge by inferring, I'm not an expert in this, but I would assume that that. And it got yeah. to a point where we'd realised this this is a point, this is a call out for every time that Rob is not an expert on something, it's worthwhile to mention. Now somebody's gone ahead and just yeah. spliced these together. It's, it's great. My, my wife sent it to her family. They have a family group on WhatsApp or something. And she sent it to them so that they can also appreciate my lack of knowledge. Right. Well, I cannot <laughs> wait to hear that. It's the first thing I'll do after we finish this. Uh, but it, it feels odd because I, I think, am I right in saying I own that group? Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. So I don't know anything about this. This you is can how... terminate that group whenever you want to, Chris. <laughs> the, the power, the power that I have of just getting rid of a group. Um, anything else worth calling? Rob, you, uh, in the background, you're, the room looks busier than usual. Is that the case or am I just, is it just because I've missed something? Uh, no, I think it's just my uh, sort of placing of the, of the camera, which is a bit random. Yeah, but, uh, I bet it's yeah. that. I bet it's that. Uh, and your chair, your chair is there, actually. I, the usually, chair. I usually move that, move that out of uh, If range. it's not... If it's not moving on its own, of course, because it it does that, doesn't it? When it he likes to pretend down. you're still in the room, Chris. He just stares at that blue chair <laughs> while he's talking to you. Funnily enough, I joined the Zoom call. I set it up. Rob was there, just waiting, and I was thinking, has he been there for like two weeks? Is this? <laughs> well, because I missed last week, I'm determined to get here really early for this one. You know, good point. So you did miss last week, but that meant that Damo could come back this week. So here, here is Damo. He is back. It, we didn't know this was going to happen, but it was like, no, he's available. Let's get him on. We'll do another episode. Which the, the episode that we said was was it uh, something about Audrey or something like? What was it? There's something wrong about <laughs> Emily. Emily? Emily, yeah. Emily, yeah. yeah. Okay, hang on. I'm trying to read. I, 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 what is it? Tell me. It fills me with confidence for this podcast. Yeah. The fact that you say, "Is it something about Audrey?" <laughs> um, I'm trying to read my own. absence of Emily. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Okay. yeah. 
Okay, I have to, uh, I, because I'm scribbling stuff that I should know down, and uh, obviously I should take a bit more care of it. Are we ready? Have we caught up enough? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we're good. Okay. Right, okay, let's do the music. It's the tales of the tales of the internet. Right, thank you for joining us back. Um, and be, do you know what? I always think there's people at that point that have gone, I've had enough. And I, I'm just, I'm not Probably. coming back for this. <laughs> That's quite quick for you to go into your music. Sometimes you've, you've gone like 10 minutes before you've played your, your theme music. You, I think you're right. You know, some sometimes I think we've gone to about fifteen, sixteen minutes. Yeah, yeah we sort of forget oh. that we've that we've not actually started it. Don't we? I've got talking about the fact that some things that you find out about that people you know people are listening, and um, there's another there's another proof there's more proof of that because somebody I got an email from this company's podcast that where obviously this podcast is being shown or played right. And it yeah. said, you've got some feedback. You've got a review. And uh, <laughs> it's it's hilarious. Um, so I don't know what the company's called. Well, I say hilarious. I can't go into the full thing unless, this is the, the sneakiness of it, unless I wanted to um, subscribe to them. Do you know what I mean? Right. So if I, so yeah. I get like the top, the top couple of lines. Oh, hang on a minute. Is it hilariously good or hilariously bad? <laughs> Um, oh, can't you tell? Well, I'll read it to you. Okay, so so bear in mind, I've got like just a couple of sentences. Okay, uh, right. this is what it is. I don't know the person's name, and but the, by the way, this isn't a complaint. I get, I totally get. Right, this. right. I agree with them. I'd probably be saying the same myself, uh, but it, but I just thought it was funny, and it. I was kind of saying, oh, that's uh, that's good then, uh, but I think he means it in a negative way, right? So. <laughs> Listing, so he so he's reviewing Man from the South. That's our first right, right. episode first one, episode. season one. Yeah, listening to this in uh, in two thousand and twenty, as I am watching the series, struggled to get through the first one, which it doesn't bode well, does it? So struggled to get through the first one. A lot of talk about everything but the episode. <laughs> And then this is the bit that I don't know what he says next. We'll stick with it and see how it... And uh, So I don't know. I don't know how this guy's coping. But if if he is listening, if he has decided to go kind of later on, I sort of think we we never get any better. Yeah. I think... Good on him for sticking with it, if first and foremost, <laughs> if he has. So that, whoever that guy is, I won't name them, but that is, I just thought that, oh, I don't know the name, to be honest, I've not subscribed, yeah. but I thought that that was like, yeah, that sort of sums it up, and I don't blame them for thinking that, because that's pretty much the, the facts of the matter. Yeah. We started this yeah. podcast, not to be journalists, but just to get together, have a chat about a show, and whatever came up in the, in the meantime, just organically happened. And uh, and we've I quite like the fact that he's pointed it out. It's uh, given a lot of listeners some help there as well. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. When I um, shared the the link for the show onto you know the the kind of official Tales of the Unexpected yeah. TV show Facebook group, I mentioned that as well. That you occasionally veer off course. So yeah, people are aware the, of that. Fair warning. Yeah. <laughs> 
See, this... Now, the one we've got at the moment, I think, is new grounds for Tales of the Expected. I think... I think something happens in it, uh, which we will discuss, obviously, but it's new grounds, and it's... It's... It happens... However long this has been going on, I guess the series has been three years at this stage or something like that, maybe four years. And something happens where you just think, I'm pleased that they did this. I've got a lot of criticisms, but also I'm really, uh, overall, I'm quite pleased with this episode. Yeah. Um, oh right. Well, I'm I'm on I'm on my tender hooks. Tender hooks. Okay. Tender so shall hooks. we? Are we ready then? Shall we? Uh, yeah, are yeah. you? You're, we're all recording. We're all Absolutely. here. We're on Zoom. I've got my spiral ring bound notepad. <laughs> Great stuff. Let's go. It starts off with the glangs. <laughs> As I've wrote there in the notes there. So some names here. Right. First of all, Valentine. Anthony Valentine, who's been in one before. Do you remember which one? No. Oh, which one was it? Yeah. Okay. It's, uh, I'll be seeing Hold you. On. Yes, it's the one about the eyes. Uh, now, similarities between this oh. and that is it's set in this kind of stately home style thing. Could even be the same house. I've not gone that far into this. Yeah. But yeah, it looked it looked a bit like the Joan Collins house as well. I thought. Oh, in um, in thingy. Um, neck. Neck. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I often think that that they're filming in the same places. But gotta um, be. Yeah. Higher out, higher out of a house. Get used to it. Get, film again. Absolutely. Remember a few episodes back, we did the one about vanity, harmless vanity. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. The wife in it is the wife, or the mistress, I should say, in the one where the woman is eating to have a diet and she's in the, the, the theatre group going off. Oh, yes, the fat chance. Fat chance, thank you. Yeah. God, it's so yeah. good to have Damo on this show. Isn't right. it? <laughs> <laughs> It's really impressive. Um, Usually, otherwise, there'd be a silence while I scrolled up and down the list trying to find out what so it was. The it's the kind of that... useless information that I store in my head. But, you know. but the mistress in that is the woman that was in that is in Last Vanity yeah, One, right? Now, woman, yeah. A few episodes later, we've got Valentine coming back into it. Uh, there you go. That, so uh, that was nothing to do with this episode. More, it's just something we missed a while ago that's all sure cheers yeah. uh, and an, I like names like this as well this is a, another woman who's in the cast um, Susan Tracy two first names I like that later on next next words in fact Jack Ritchie two first names love it yeah well you uh, can even get away with Anthony Valentine being two first names do you think Valentine an called Valentine Dial he was an actor in sort of creepy horror talk movies brilliant uh, so yeah, that's the it's the triple threat. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it, as we said, so we get through the names then, and as we said, the, the the first thing that we see is this big house, which is like um, I, I call it like a whatever. If I said Tudor style house, would that make sense? I don't, know, I don't really I, know. That makes me think of like white with black beams on it and stuff like that. Would, yeah. would it be more Georgian? I mean. I've no oh, yeah, idea on, on um, <laughs> agriculture, architecture, yeah, uh, but, or, or uh, both. It looks more either yeah. historical <laughs> architecture. Yeah, I, I mean, I would have said Victorian, which is probably very, uh, very you know, chab right. and me altogether. Not to know what uh, period of history we're talking about here, but what can you do? So we have well, we, um, Tudor, roughly three Georgian years we've got between us. <laughs> Oh, Tudor Victorian and Victor. Yeah. 
<laughs> anyway, whatever, one anyway isn't it? whatever it is, it's there, yeah, and it's been around for a while. It's uh, and we were saying there uh, that this is probably something that the grounds have been used before, maybe, maybe mm. even the house has. We just don't know. Um, now, what you've got is uh, somebody is mowing the mowing. Sorry, <coughs> start again. Somebody is mowing the lawn. Um, it's a yeah. classic lawn mower, like a. It's a very petrol. small lawn mower. Taking yeah. into consideration the size of the lawn that he's got, don't you think? Yeah. Yeah, he's probably he's, and he's, he's dressed in a, in a full tweed outfit. He's got his coat on, his hat. So he's whether he's sweating or not, I don't know. But um, he may be a robot. <laughs> I don't know. In in a minute, we're going to find out that this is like you could have gone to the catalogue of gardeners, and this would have been like on the first page of <laughs> if you just yeah. ty- typed yeah. into Google English gardener, it'd have been like one of these. Yeah. Um, Right. Uh, oh, yeah. And it says, um, oh, yeah. And that's the point where I wrote in here. It reminds me of the, about the one about the eyes, <laughs> which which Valentine was also in. Um, yeah. Anyway. Right. OK. So uh, now long shot then of a uh, some women uh, are gathered around a table before we do this uh, kind yeah. of round the table camera, like the beginning to bit to Roseanne. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's it's a bit it's a bit sort of nauseating, isn't it? Really, that that sort of spinning round and that, and and something which you did think I sort of class more with like an action sort of film or something like that. Yeah. You know, yeah. John Woo's got somebody with the gun out sideways or something. You could imagine it, imagine it then, but instead it's a WI meeting on somebody's lawn. <laughs> yeah, I thought of uh, the start of Reservoir Dogs, where they're all sitting around having the the dinner in the Chinese restaurant discussing Madonna and. Who's going to be Who's called gonna, Mr. Pink and whatnot? <laughs> Mr. Yeah, Mr. <laughs> Brown sounds more like Mr. Shit. Yeah. That, you're absolutely right. The, so if you haven't seen the episode, uh, what happens is we are outside of the circle moving around. Um, we're not inside looking out. We're yeah. outside. We haven't been invited to this, to this committee meeting. We're just kind of <laughs> earwigging and, and spying. Yeah, and what a great way of putting it. I just imagine how good it would be if one of them was saying, and she's got with this guy, and his dick's so big, it's hurting her. <laughs> like she's a virgin. <laughs> we ought to I... overdub that on her. Yeah, I haven't, uh, I didn't make note of this, whether they were all wearing different colours that we could know them as different colours. Because oh, I remember there were, were yeah, a few colours. It would be brilliant if they were all wearing brown and pink yeah. and orange. <laughs> but they, um, they all have massive hats on. and Yeah. They're very classy ladies, it has to be said. Very classy ladies. There's ne- it's never said they are in the WI, right? Have I got that right? Yeah. So yeah, we no, have. No. We just have to use our knowledge to say, oh, that looks like a WI meeting. Is that correct? Yeah, I reckon so. Yeah, they mentioned it's a committee meeting, but they don't really say what, what type of committee. <laughs> uh, right, okay. So I thought I might have missed something as to why they were together, that's all. I... For me, whenever I think of WI, I think of cakes. They seem to make a lot of cakes, don't they? Cakes yeah. and scones. And then, Jam and, and Jerusalem. Something, something that I'm not... Uh, I think this is true. I, I think I saw once on Sunday uh, brunch, they were interviewing um, that, uh, that, uh, that ginger pop star fellow, Ed... Ed Sheeran. Ed Sheeran. Uh, yeah. And he was saying a fan had sent him a cake and uh, he uh, cut into it. And uh, they baked a big clump of their own hair in the middle of it. Jesus Christ. Well, that's his fault for eating a cake that arrived in the post. <laughs> that is his fault. Who does that? Could have been anthrax. <laughs> um, 
listen, on that subject, I can't bear that idiot, right? Um, it's, right, for me, I'd had enough of him anyway, but you, nobody writes a song called Galway Girl and claims it to be the only version of Galway Girl because there is yeah. only one version of Galway Girl. Well, at least he didn't shoot that Galway Girl at the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't want to be doing that, does he? That's the last thing you want to be doing. <laughs> Oh, I love it when we do the callbacks. Yeah. Isn't that, wasn't that your favourite line in the episode as well? Oh, definitely, yeah. Anna's delivery of it, you know, in his fake Irish accent. Um, okay, right. So, uh, yeah, all hats. Uh, they're talking about an open day that's happening on the 14th. Um, mm. And they've got to get the garden ready for that 14th, the open day. Yeah, Dave's got to day? get the garden ready. Not that poor old bugger in the <laughs> tweed coat. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah, she's, on, and she's then, talking about charging people in to fucking look at her garden and walk around. And it, will a pound one, one be pound. enough? Yeah, like what the? I don't know. Maybe that. Maybe people do do that when they have a really fancy house. I don't know. I think you know what they probably do is kind of. Uh, there's a place near where my sister lives that was used in the filming of a film, and. Um, they sort of charged people in to say, look at this film. But it was a straight-to-DVD sort of yeah. film. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they didn't that. that at the start when they're taking your money. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, right. Uh, now, I've written here uh, scones. Uh, may- maybe I just because I'd seen a scone. I don't know. Well, you know, in the, the week, uh, last couple of weeks, when we were, we'd been texting each other, mm. we, had a, we had a scone scone. Debate. Almost debate, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, we did. Where did we, where did we come up with that? It was food-based, food-based films, wouldn't it? Yeah, Is that what we were words, doing? The film words that sound like food. Yeah, scone with the wind or scone alone. <laughs> so, which one are you? Something for everybody there, isn't there? I used to be a scone for sure, but now because of I sort of like found uh, this that the, there was something quite nice about annoying people who said scone just to say scone. So. <laughs> so <laughs> It does that make sense? I, I mean, like it's like when like when people correct you, I say things like, uh, "Oh, that'll learn you," and people <laughs> don't like it. I'll say it. On, I'll say it more because. <laughs> so, I, yeah. I use double negatives a lot for that for that reason. <laughs> uh, but yeah. even even Elle started correcting me lately, and I've been thinking, "Does she know? You know, sure, should does I?" She just... know that I'm doing it on purpose. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a handy trait to have because if you do mess up saying something, you can let on that you were being deliberate about it. You know. <laughs> Like the, there was a guy I used yes. to work with, and he he used to say uh, not necessarily instead of not necessarily, necessarily, and I've started repeating that now. And you do you get people looking at you, and some it's it's actually better if they don't point it out to you. They think has he just said yeah. that and doesn't realise it or what? <clears throat> For me, that one I could spot. I think I could spot that one. One one that I will never know if somebody's just thick or they mean to do it is specific and Pacific. And yeah. I'll never know because I don't think it is. A, I don't think there's anything com- comical about it at all. Yeah, yeah, I know. What you the, the one thing that's getting my sort of heckles up is this bought and brought. People seem to uh, yeah. use that entirely <laughs> randomly now, and I, and I find that really, really irritating. I was going to say the, the same goes with double negatives, though. People accept it; they don't question mm. it and don't go. Oh, you mean that's the reverse of that? Then they, they just go along with it. I hate it. Yeah. Well, these women here, I think they're definitely scone women. 
Do you agree? Oh, yeah, definitely. I'll tell you what happens next. There's an unscripted bit of wind. <laughs> not not flatulence, but like <laughs> wind that blows their hats and stuff. And I was like, well, that can't have been in the script. But they, you know what, credit to these ladies. They, they go with it. They just carry on non- nonetheless. Even Hats though their brooms are flapping, they carry on. <laughs> Keep going, and but it can't have been for too long before end scene. Uh, they do produce a poster here, though, don't they? As well, yeah. Before we before we leave them, yes. they produce a poster, which is very strangely drawn. I I think it's a well, it's it, a hand, right? It's, it's a, a hand. hand, and underneath the hand is writing. But the hand is pointing downwards. Yeah, it said something about helping hand on the poster. It was. It was kind of very propaganda-looking, almost. It was, wasn't it? But it was just about a bloody cake sale or something. (laughs) Because it had that. The the artwork felt very like that. You know that famous Che Guevara style stencil, like a Banksy sort of. Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) Now I can't. I can't read what I. What. I can't read what well, I, next... I wrote about it, but was what did it say on the actual thing? It said, need gives a helping hand. But then, as I say, the hand, which you'd have thought for a helping hand, would be coming up from above like yeah. that. Although I suppose you could have been reaching down to sort of grab uh, Oh, I suppose, yeah. Uh, but it's, like in the it, films when somebody's like on a cliff or mm, something, you, you that's reach right. down, don't so you? So it's probably it, isn't it? It's like the helping hand from above sort of thing. Because um, oh, yeah. you're not going to help somebody... Up. You'd be yanking them down, wouldn't you? <laughs> On the cliff face? Yeah, it's like, come down. <laughs> um, but I, what I did write, and I've just worked out what I wrote, it was, the, the paper feel, looks like like a parchment. Yeah. So it, and they all collect one poster each that's kind of rolled up. Did you used to make pirate maps like that when you were younger? <laughs> With tea? You know, Stain it, yeah. yeah. Or, or put them under the grill and stuff like that. Yeah. 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 That's how houses burnt down in the 80s, Rob, isn't it? <laughs> okay. Now then, this we, our next scene then goes to a smaller house. But you know what? I instantly thought this is on the same property. I, inst- yeah. I never even questioned it. I just, just assumed it was on the same property. And it is, by a the lodge. way. A lodge, I thought. Yeah, gatekeeper's cottage sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. but there's a certain absence of gates there, so I thought perhaps more, <laughs> it's, the, more, it's, more it's the lodge. Maybe the gates are around the other side. We only get one uh, projection of this house. It was the, uh, the same kind of very well-kept lawn anyway, that's for sure. Yeah, actually, yeah. Old bugger with the tweeds pushing the mower across. Yeah. Just if... He, there must be people who's thinking, what's happening with the lawn and the lawn mowing? We're going to come back to it, so don't panic about it. <laughs> um, but on the lawn, are uh, it's a different couple. And again, long shot, we see them reading deck chairs. It's less... <laughs> or it's... at least reading in deck chairs. <laughs> <laughs> what did I say? <laughs> reading deck chairs. He's like saying, I yeah. can't make head nor tail of this deck, deck chair. What, what's it trying to say to me? Good, that's good. Uh, I have a joke about deck chairs, which is oh. there can only be one, I reckon, and it is the, the the it's like a question. So I see she's still working at that deck chair factory, and then the that you say who you go Linfolds Wood. Uh, now it's kind of a nineties joke, really, because I don't think anybody know who Linfolds Wood is and John Stapleton, but she was the one who would look at a, de- a deck chair and go. It's a death trap. It's it's a potential death trap. Oh yes, um, yeah, I know her, her catchphrase, all right. 
Yeah. I don't remember the name. <laughs> it's, a, it's a death trap. That was she, it's, it's just pretty up anything. Uh, yeah. So, what was she? No, was she Scottish? Um, I sort of want to say she was. She, maybe potential death. I think yeah. she was Scottish. Yeah. I'm doing my accent. Doing... Was that on the evidence of that that you concluded she's Scottish? Because <laughs> it could have been a lot wider than Scottish. That it's either that or she's Alan Hansen. That's that <laughs> no. I think she was Scottish. She I think was, she was. But yeah. she was married to John Stapleton, and the two of them were just botherers. They just you, like find something. Yeah, yeah. Was it what? It could have been Watchdog. Actually, that they did. I think it might have been. That sort yeah, of show, that, that wasn't it? That sounds about right, yeah. yeah. yeah anyway, so it's not them. It's not Lynn Falswood and John Stapleton. It is, um, we <laughs> learn Bob, their names Bob later and on. Emily. Bob and yeah. Emily, that's it. Bob yeah. and Emily, yeah. Oh, this is the Emily that's in the title, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, she's hardly uh, in the episode, but her name is in the title of the episode, yeah. Um, now, there... She, the, she's he's doing like a, he's reading the newspaper and she is faffing around with some photos. Yeah, right? she's she's kind of naming off. She's she's trying to get inspiration for her next uh, book. Ah, that's right. She's a, she's a, yeah. a children's author, or she's she written is, children's books. Yeah. She's a children's yeah. author of the famous a, a Monkey Jim Monkey series. Jim. <laughs> <laughs> so that yeah, so Monkey Jim. I mean, the... I was I thought that's that's because sort of, she's looking for the next title, isn't she? That's yeah. Right, yeah. And I thought, oh, that that might be sort of right for some sort of consideration as to what could follow Monkey Jim. Well, she's she's got a bit of writer's block. She's she's named off her previous ones: Monkey Jim at the Zoo, Monkey Jim in the Jungle, which doesn't seem like too much of an adventure for him. <laughs> And Monkey Jim at sea. That, that, that might be quite bright. That's the leap, isn't it? She's totally stumped after that. She, she's got writer's block. But what? I'm not going to say anything. Uh, right? Okay. So the, the fact the fact that they're totally ripping off Curious George doesn't seem to bother her. I, I, don't, I, mean, I don't know Curious George. So Curious is a monkey right. that that gets into scrapes, um, right. but. I I'm not an expert on that, <laughs> nor is Rob. It seems on apes in general, or <laughs> definitely. Uh, but I would have thought you're right. Curious George would have been out at this stage, um, but I don't think I don't associate that with being associate that with being like a British well-known thing. I think that was far more yeah, American. No, probably not. No, I'll be honest. I don't think I was aware of Curious George not at all. No. for my. Children were born either. He wasn't a big thing in in Ireland. Or <laughs> <laughs> well, gather round on a Friday night listening to the. <laughs> now he comes up with a scoop, right? Okay, Roman coin. He's reading newspaper and he says some kids have got a metal detector and they've found a Roman pot with it's been stuffed with yep. coins to the value of seventy thousand pounds. Now I got to say. This used to happen a lot in the 80s where people would go metal detecting and finding Roman hordes. It's probably the reason why you don't find many now. It's because they were all <laughs> dug up in Found the 80s. In the 80s. Yeah. But I'm not even kidding. Yeah. This, the, the first instance of me hearing of as a child that you could make money out of metal detecting and I was like, get it on the Christmas list. I was going through Argos and everything like that. Never ended, never had one, but I still think there's benefit in getting one. I, I, had, love I one. had one. I had a yeah. metal detector. Did you? Back, back. Really? Yeah, yeah. It's sort of one that now when I sort of think about it, it was a bit of an embarrassing shape. 
because like the cool ones have got like an arm brace that comes up, haven't they? And then and then they're sort of long and black with a sort of round sort of. Oh, you mean the thing. the arm brace that goes in here, so you yeah. don't get an ache or a pain? Yeah, but yeah. mine was more like a sort of glorified Hoover. It was it was a really <laughs> embarrassing affair. Uh, and I used to go out all over the place trying to find stuff. I found like I did find uh, uh, some coins, three three pennies in the moat of Coningsborough Castle. It was not worth holding my breath with under that water for all that time. So. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, so well, Bob seems. It's funny because this isn't this story isn't written by Roald Dahl. He hasn't written one of these no, in a long right. time. But he did have a story called uh, Middle Hall Treasure which I'd read not too long ago about an actual real uh, find that was made in, in somewhere in England where a farmer in a field discovered this when he was ploughing it and then some guy came in and kind of robbed it all from him. He got a, an expert in to value it and he, he robbed the uh, the treasure on him and claimed it as his own. And this Roald Dahl wrote a story about it, obviously not recently, <laughs> a long time ago. But it wasn't made into an episode, Tales of Unexpected. But when you mentioned metal detectors, that did remind me of right. the Middle Hall treasure, I believe the story was called. Have I said how um, good it is to have Damo on the show? <laughs> <laughs> with, with the coming in thick and fast with the facts. But, you know, as I say, there was uh, this period of time when you just thought, the world is my oyster now, and I can go out metal detecting and make my fortune. I'm just, I watched that episode just yeah. a few moments ago, and I'm like... I never did follow that dream up. Yeah. And I think it's about time I'm going to go out and get yeah. myself a metal bit. It's never too never late. never too late to dig up a Roman horde. <laughs> yeah, I might get myself. You could bring them back. They they could replace the iPhone <laughs> with the, the <laughs> thing to have. We could get a sponsorship deal. We could get Toto oh, Detector, couldn't we? The Toto Detector. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, that's right. The Roman hordes of the unexpected. I love it. <laughs> Anyway, well, this, you've no idea how much uh, this appeals to him. But what it does give us an indication of is that they need a bit of cash. And he's thinking, how do I make Mm. some cash? So I'm like, oh, so they're poor, are they? Right. And then I'm looking at their house thinking, that's not a poor man's house. So there must be a story connected to it. That story is about to unravel. Thought it was very clever how they did that bit. I don't know if it's intentional. But he kind of... I I pretty much missed that kind of metal detector reference the first time because it's it, it's not picked up on again till near mm, the end yeah. of the episode. But um, yeah, he helps her out then with uh, with the, the title for her next book. <laughs> he uh, he comes up at Monkey Jim in Timbuktu, and it, they have this kind of eureka moment where yes, that's it, that's the one. <laughs> um, and the oh yeah, they're in the grounds. We've said that right. Ah, so now. She talks, this is Emily, talks about her sister's committee meeting. Right, there we go. There's the link. Right, we've meshed it all together. Yeah. yeah. Then she gives her a name, Norma. And Norma so is played by Frances Tomalty, so I, I'm told. She is. Two first names. <laughs> Who was uh, Sting's um, wife? You're kidding. Yeah, there yes. she was, yeah. 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 And... She would have been his wife at the time of oh, this God, being filmed, right. yeah. And they they live next door to Trudy Styler, apparently. And well, we all know yeah. how that ended. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. It was a Tales of the Unexpected episode in there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of bumping off his his ex wife, he just carried on with his band and made millions. Um, 
Right, so then um, Norma then... So the committee meeting is finished. They all clear off. Then Norma comes out of her house. It looks like it's happening at the same time as this conversation with the the other couple, Bob and Emily. And then she meets up with the gardener who is mowing the lawn. His name is Crisp. Something... <laughs> yeah. Like, this is a 25-minute episode. There's there's no need to introduce anything that is that needs questioning. But they give the gardener the name Crisp. And Just for them... Do you think it's his first name or his second name? We, we later learn it's Mr. Crisp, right? Okay, but... <laughs> He doesn't have two first names, like Potato Crisp. <laughs> but this was the bit where, for the next 30, 40 seconds, I was just concentrating on the name Crisp. I missed the next bit. Yeah. Like, why do that to me? Um, Deep pan. Deep pan, Chris. I need to. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is the gardener then, who is a gardener. Yeah. <laughs> and he he talks like this. Yeah. <laughs> Which, because that's how gardeners would talk in that part of the world, I guess. In Norwich. Norwich, yeah. Played, played by William Moore. Who, you recognised him, did you? No. No. He he is the father from Sorry. Oh, oh really? With, uh, Ronnie Corbett. He's kind of yeah, the he's... henpecked husband of the episode. Yeah. yeah, absolutely, yeah. he's. I think it was more him that used to say language Timothy than the mother, oh, almost. really? I, again, I only really know this because they re-showed Sorry on uh, Dave or UK Goal or whatever it's called these days in the last couple of years. So I've seen a, a few episodes of it. But yeah, he was definitely the hempex S- husband. Yeah, it. Sorry has one of those theme tunes that I just can't get enough of. and it, it Because it's like, yeah. you can't name the instruments. It's brilliant. Um, <laughs> Is that something one of your pastimes? Naming the instruments in theme tunes? It's like the beginning of... Um, uh, are you being served? Where yeah. you know in the department store, and yeah. you have like this mm. sound of the cash register going. Yeah, yeah. And the uh, yeah. because it's either that or the that Pink Floyd song. Uh, <laughs> money. Um, what, what's that called then? I don't know. Money. <laughs> <laughs> you know, money by Pink Floyd. Um, well, anyway, so uh, what were we saying? That? Oh, theme tunes. Yeah, I just really like, and in particular with Sorry, they have the kind of revolving neon sign as it spells out Sorry yeah. and then revolves. I love it. I just, everything about. Did I have, did I have his, yes. his Corbett's face as well? Yeah, yeah. His, it, him in neon outlines, yeah. He had a very kind of uh, animated face for such things because, of course, the two Ronnies, it was always the, the glasses. Right. But, uh, yeah, yeah he, was, he, he was kind of like a living cartoon character, wasn't he? I love Ronnie Corbett. Fantastic. Is, he, is he still alive? Yeah. No, I think he's dead, yeah. He only died in the last two, three years, I'm pretty yes, sure. Yes, I yeah. agree. It was a recent-ish yeah. thing, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so we've got this... Um, oh, yeah, so now... She walks, oh yeah, she's met the gardener. She starts talking to him about getting the garden ready for the open day. She refers to them all chipping in and all putting our shoulders to the wheel. He yeah. says, well, I am putting my shoulders to the wheel. It's, it's Some people have sat on the backside, I think he said. And she's like, oh, that's about me, that. <laughs> so she seems to use that as a bit of a, I'm going to take this out on my sister and brother-in-law. Well, I think he is mm. referring to the brother-in-law there because I think part oh, of the, really? part of the oh, deal yeah. from living in the lodge is that brother-in-law helps Chris. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. took it as a smite against 
Her, oh, Norma. No. Of course it wouldn't be Norma. She's paying wages. Yeah, she'd sack him for that. <sighs> yeah. She doesn't... I don't think there was ever a, a thought of her helping out with the fucking gardening. <laughs> she doesn't give that impression whatsoever. Now you say that, uh, like it makes loads of sense. I think it's because of her choice of language, which was yeah. our... We'll all put our... And then he's like, yeah, I am doing. It's other people that aren't. And of course he's talking about them and not her. Oh, what an yeah. idiot. She, she right. was just doing the royal we there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so then she storms off to the house and she's going to have a go at him. But before she yeah. gets to the house, we're sort of party to an argument that's happening. Shouting yeah. about Monkey Jim. Yes. <laughs> Which isn't a euphemism. The... No. <laughs> But it seems yeah, it, out, it, it, out of place, doesn't it? Because because a minute ago they were just talking about this metal detector, the title of the book, the fact she's an author, and then now, two minutes later, a full blown argument about Monkey Jim felt well, odd to yeah. me. Fiery sort of subject, though it gets it gets tempted in flames, <laughs> doesn't it? Yeah. Of, of Monkey Jim. <laughs> well, actually, Bob has a brilliant line here that you that you hear him as as. Uh... Norma is approaching them. He he's saying, "Well, it's hardly Charles Dickens, you're right." <laughs> and he he says, "It's ten thousand words for ten ten year old morons." <laughs> Which I mean, ten thousand words seems a bit steep, doesn't it? For yeah, I mean, I don't, to um, be honest, I don't know. Is it? No, ten ten thousand words would only be a short story. Are you sure? Yeah. yeah. Like, right. Let's do Absolutely. a quick Google. I want to know Philosopher's Stone. Well, I'm thinking I can get about fifteen words on a line. Oh, we can just work. work. <laughs> <laughs> so that'd be like four, what four hundred and fifty on a page, assuming that there are thirty lines on a page. Oh, I think you're absolutely right. There are seventy-six thousand words, nearly seventy-seven thousand words in Philosopher's Stone, and Philosopher's yeah. Stone is a is not a big book at all. I'm just I can, yeah. I'm looking at the Potter books. That's not a big book. Uh, so you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Ten thousand sounds a lot, but not when it, when T H E counts as a word sometimes. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, I I I entered a short story competition earlier in the year for a radio station here, and ten thousand words was the limit. So that's how I know that one. <laughs> how do you do? How do, you do? Oh, I haven't heard yet. It's uh, they don't decide until September, so I'm, I'm not getting my hopes up. It was more to be able to say that I did it than anything else. Totally, a, yeah. A COVID-related story as well, so it'll become oh. very dated very quickly. <laughs> I wonder if we can rack up some support on the podcast there. Um, I don't know how we would do that. Nobody listens to us anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah, you could get 12 uh, votes. <laughs> we can get that fan to just edit in certain words <laughs> and put them together for me. <laughs> I I I uh, read in the Stephen King book. It was I think it was one where he sort of like it's up the wizard's sleeve with Stephen King, where he tell, tells you about stuff rather than it's a story he's written. Oh and, yeah, uh, it's literally called on writing. I think is it. Uh, th- there is there is that one. There is that one. Uh, it, but it's, it's it's another one he did, and he was saying that uh, they used to get paid uh, in olden times a, pe- a penny a word writers. And so what they would do if they were writing a Western is put lots of bangs in because they got a penny every time somebody said bang. Every, well, no, every time a gun went off. So, yeah, I like thought they interesting. Like they were writing an old uh, Batman episode from the 60s. Yeah. Ow! <laughs> like just long scenes of gunfire. Just bang, yeah. bang, bang, pow, pow. Kaplat. Yeah. Um, you get a sort of noise. <laughs> <laughs> 
I always think that's a ricochet, that noise. <laughs> <laughs> I had a rifle that made that noise when I was a kid. Well, an electronic sound. Oh, I think it might have been before. It must have been some, somehow with the mechanics because I'm too old for electronic rifles. But, but yeah, would you have? Would you have written in a uh, like the spittoon? You could have. Yeah, you... you could have. Yeah, and the ping as it hit the, the spit. Bucket. Yes. There, there's an Irish like, DJ oh. called uh, Rick O'Shea. Rob. <laughs> True story. Is that really? <laughs> He just glances off things. I like the, as he's walking. Just... And the glance, uh, <laughs> another thing that, <laughs> that I read was that um, it was in uh, Keith Richards' book and he was saying that uh, the way to get round a corner if you're drunk is to always stand with yes. your walk with your back to it. <laughs> and I found, because my balance has been affected by my condition, and so that's what I always do now. I always walk round the corner with my back to it, and it, it looks a lot better. Brilliant! Like you're suspicious that the corner is going to do something, which yeah, probably would do if you loafed it. Uh, right. Okay. Um, they've had this argument, then, right? Mm. Uh, what comes out in this argument? Oh no! Actually, sorry. The argument then is just between them two. Yeah. But then, no, when Norma gets involved. We reveal quite a bit about what's gone on in the past. First of all, the whole estate has been inherited. Norma has got the big house and, in fact, everything. And she's agreed to let Emily and Bob live in this kind of side cottage, rent-free, on the proviso that they chip in. And that, and so you're right. This coming over to do the work, yeah. yeah, yeah. But but. Obviously, Bobby's sat there reading his stories about metal detecting in Metal Detectors Weekly, and he's um, Norma's taking him to task. He, at which point, he says he's put in thirty job applications over the last when however it's not my fault. We're in a recession, he says. Yeah, yeah. It's not. We, we've mentioned it before this though, but you know we talk about Metal Detectors Weekly. <laughs> yeah, Me, we we went didn't we on a, on a camping trip once, and we were in a pub. In the in the in the wilds, yeah. and what have they got? They'd actually got tractor monthly or something. They, monthly. They, they really had. They'd got that periodical on the on the bar. We couldn't believe what's, it. What's amazing about that that it was a free publication available at the bar, and so this it's just like some rich magazine owner. They're saying, yeah, give it to the people. They need to know about the the tractors of the, the month. monthly update on the tractors. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Um, and we're blessed we've been back to that location since and the pub was shut down closed wasn't it like yeah. not for refurbishment just yeah. closed well, which was a shame both pubs were shut down and the post office wasn't it yeah and we only went for a tractor's when you're giving monthly. away magazines for free <laughs> <laughs> all the tractor junkies had been in and ripped them off <laughs> um, I wrote down I write things down and I'd, I wish I'd have spent more time understanding why I put Fifty pounds. I don't know why yeah, I wrote fifty that's, pounds. That's down. what she's charging them. Oh, sorry. She says that's that she, could, she get. could get fifty pounds for that lodge of somebody else. Oh, yeah. right. So she's it's a threat then. If you don't pull your weight, I could have you out. Yeah. I could make money out of this place. Right. Okay. It's a threat. What a bastard. Do right. you think that was good value for money for for nineteen eighty two? Fifty quid 50 for that qu- place. Fifty. So fifty quid a month? Would we say or fifty quid a week? 
I think it was a month. Yeah, it's, got to, it's not going to be a week, that is it? Because no, that's not, not, not going to be too far. Yeah. Right, later then. Well, at the uh, end of this scene, there's sorry. a bit where, and I didn't know that this woman was called Emily, so in my notes I've been calling her Monkey Jim. And it says, <laughs> Monkey Jim pours at Lady's face. Lady was Norma, because I didn't know Norma's face. So, <laughs> no, Emily pours at, at uh, Norma's face. Bit uncomfortable about that. Do, do you, do you, it's do you a, I put caresses. Uh, well, which is also a bit uncomfortable, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. it? It was. It did feel like it was something else was going to happen. I mean, I didn't think it was going to happen, but it did feel that <laughs> if there was the music something else going on. in the background. Yeah. Thing, they don't that's, that's the first of kind of two uncomfortable approaches that uh, Emily makes towards Norma that I noticed. The second one is much later in the episode, and we'll get to that. Right. <laughs> now this is later I don't know if it's later in the day later in the month, week, whatever it is but it is now we, there's two women who I think one of them is called ends up being called Ruth right? Uh, yeah. we don't know that at this stage they hear, they're in the, the grounds of the big house they hear in the distance arguing It's we know it's the same arguments that were happening from earlier as they kind of like you know, sneak over, there's this w- nice camera angle of the hedge in the middle and we're looking from above and we can see the argument happening on the left and then the two women listening on the right. Yeah. The immediate thing that I put here was it looks staged because they, they are sat, the, the deck chairs are sat facing the hedge row. And it's, and it, the, well, we'll come back to what that could mean later on mm. but it is uh there's big arguments and people are over it hearing this argument happen yeah uh, so a what, story what's is the being name woven. oh ruth ruth this was wouldn't it yeah yeah now yeah. ruth interestingly, and gene and you, you know who was playing gene it was it, it, it was a the nursey yeah but I, I did i did take a name patty something or other yeah patty, patty burn, patty patty burn. burn. Yeah. yeah patty burn nursey um, aka bernard <laughs> yeah, Bernard. Yes, yes. What a great character! Ah, oh, fantastic. Yeah, but she has yeah. just one of those faces that you just go, "Yeah, I've seen her in loads of stuff before. I just can't pick it out the top of my head." Yeah, Love her. Brilliant. Um, anyway, so um, anyway, I, and I, I think worth commenting. Nice camera shot. It's it's quite a brave camera shot because the, there must have been up a crane. Yeah, n- no drones back then, were there? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I put here. There's quite a ding dong. I think that must have been a quote because I don't think I'd have written. Yeah, that. that's that. Bernard says that in <laughs> talking about the the argument. <laughs> Actually, Emily as well in in this argument makes the statement. I sweat my guts over Monkey Jim. <laughs> <laughs> She's written three stories and couldn't couldn't remember the next one. <laughs> um, right. So this is a really interesting bit because as the scene fades out, the, you know, like the two images kind of fade together, right? Yeah. One of the images is cloud. Yeah. And the next image is the house where the, a woman's walking out. I must have been right in my notes. <clears throat> and I looked up and what I could see was what looked like the building was on fire and this was smoke. I was like, what have, what have I missed? So I rewound it and I was like, oh, right, it was just a fade. It's difficult to understand why that bit's there, isn't it? That sort of... It's the only fade in the whole episode. 
Yeah, mm. and it, I, I got moody exterior sky is what it was, but but it, then it, le- it, it led to nothing. It led to something completely different. I don't so, even think it was stock footage because I don't know no. why they would have needed to do stock footage. So I thought that must be the half-time break, but is it not? It's not, no. The half-time break no. is yeah. is a little bit later on. Um, yeah, I think it's yeah, sometime later on. Um, right. Uh, we could probably Norma- blame the, that on the director. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to know who the director was? <laughs> Who's the director? Uh, his name was Alan Gibson. And oh, when Gibbo. I looked him up, oh, Gibbo, yeah. And when I looked him up, I know we said last time that Herbert Wise was kind of the Scorsese of the top of the world. <laughs> this man possibly trumps him, although maybe not in quality. He's done 10 episodes. He's wow. directed 10 episodes, yeah. But some of them, one of them is the boy who talked with animals. So. Oh, no. Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> right. Okay, I'm surprised. So maybe he's more the, the Michael Bay of the Toto world. <laughs> That's a great analogy, isn't it? There's so much promise, but just fucked it up. Um, now then, Warmer is walking out, without, out of the house without the hat, which now, I've second guess, like, is that her? Is it not her? I don't know. I had to look again. I don't know what if it was her. It is. It's definitely Norma. She has not got a hat on, though. Um, yeah, it, t- it took years off her, in fairness, not wearing that hat. Did? Yeah. I, I actually maybe... noticed how attractive she was as she was doing the famous Toto walk here for about 10 minutes. <laughs> With Sting probably in the background, very proud. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I saw yeah. him looking over the hedge at one point. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, he was practicing his tantrics in, in the bushes. <laughs> <laughs> Which sadly Norma would never know about. Um, no, no. Uh, now what Norma is? She's on a bit of a bit of a warpath. She's going to go and visit the the cottage, the cottage, <laughs> the lodge, the cottage, <laughs> the cottage lodge, the lodge. <laughs> yeah. Um, he's she walks in. He's drinking. A few things now. It's worthwhile mentioning. Emily uh, isn't at home, right? Okay. And Norma already knows this. Because she's sort of asking when she gets there, how long she's going to be, where's she gone, right? Yeah. So, so she must have. But she said, I think yeah. she says she's been gone for three weeks by by this yeah. stage. Yeah, yeah. And um, he's drinking, sat in watching TV. Now, uh, oh, hang on a minute. First of all, she comes into house. She says, "I didn't knock because it's my property." I don't think that makes any sense. But then she says, "I turned the TV off because my sister bought the TV," which. <laughs> Now that I'm like, I'm not too sure what the, I don't, I, that's no rule. <laughs> that's no, it, it can only be watched in the absence of the purchaser. No, in the presence of the purchaser. And it can only be ter- turned off by the owner or relative of the, uh, it doesn't that's make the, any sense. That one, that's the follow-up to this, the the, the presence of the purchaser. It's a follow-up <laughs> to the absence of Emily. <laughs> But while she's in here, while she's in here, uh, he doesn't look very bothered that she's she's not there. So mm. she's, I guess she's kind of got suspicions about it. And we're we're the camera work and all that sort of stuff and the script. We are led on that suspicion because she spots her. Well, first of all, he says, "I don't know where she is." She didn't tell anybody where she was going, and she insisted that nobody knows. Right? She told yeah. the publisher or the agent, whatever. Nobody's allowed to know. No phone. She's, no nothing. She's, Gone away to uh, tussle with Monkey Jim, and she? And, yeah. yeah, she's treating it like she's gone off to write Ulysses. But... <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, but then Norma 
sees there's a typewriter. Well, she'd have never left. She'd have never gone anywhere without the typewriter. Dramatic music when the camera went on the typewriter. That's right. And the Toto suspicion music makes its appearance, yeah. You know, um, you know on, on the absence of things? Yes. Yeah. Mm. Well, I've got a tortured link coming in here, all right? <laughs> <laughs> Some people, when they uh, wash their belly buttons in the shower, they can't put their finger in because, because it feels it a bit freaks weird. them out. Yeah. yeah. I, I've, I've always been able to do that. Have you? No issues. Yeah, no, I don't have a problem with it. Yeah, I, I do get a strange sort of feeling down my leg, but uh, <laughs> it's, it's not... anyway, I do have uh, some lube in the shower just in case <laughs> I'm having problems with it. <laughs> well, because because I do that, I've sort of retained some sort of memory of the contours of the knot in my at the base of my navel, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what finger movements you need to make to sort of get in there. And I discovered, I discovered the other day, I have not got my belly button as it was. Uh, Elsa has suggested that uh, this should be called "Not in My Navel," by the way. But uh, <laughs> when I, when I had my when I had the recent operation. They've made me a new navel, and it's not got any curls or anything in the bottom. It's just sort of smooth. They've reconstructed it? Yeah, it's really, oh really weird. Oh, wow. Six million dollar navel. <laughs> <laughs> I can hear things through it. It's really confusing. Can you hear the ocean? <laughs> break your back trying to get your ear down there. <laughs> At least that's what I said I was trying to do. <laughs> <laughs> Another embarrassing trip to A and E. But yeah, uh, it's it's not my navel anymore. There you go. Oh, dear. Well, <laughs> I hope we find it again. <laughs> um, uh, I'm just catching up with myself. I don't know which page I'm on. So she's she's come into the lodge and she's given she's questioning him on where. Where Emily is, we're meant to think in because if you're not, if you've got this stage into Toto, um, mm-hmm. you're meant to think she's dead. You're meant Absolutely, to. Absolutely, yeah. Now yeah. that's my that was my first sort of trigger on this one, which was if I'm meant to think this this early, that's probably not the case. Yeah, too obvious. Yeah. When when Norma's walks, she kind of storms out then after you know giving him what for and, and yes. what I. We see what I'm calling the first of Bob's looks, where he kind of looks <laughs> after her as she walks out the door. The camera zooms in on his face. Bob's looks. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. There's sort of a face shot. Bob's look zoom. That's how, it, that's how I think that'll be in the shooting notes. Uh, we've got here. We go. Some more background to the story is that we find out Bob's first wife has, has died as well. She died yeah. in a she died in a shooting accident actually. Yeah, the words shooting and accident always sound suspicious, don't they? I noticed he has got a rifle on his wall, by the way. Yes, there was good good placement, yes. And the first wife head as well, which I thought was a bad thing. <laughs> this is now... So she's pissed off with Bob. She's got her suspicions. She's asking for more information. You can't give it to her. And she's kind of like... she She's making him know she's on to him. End scene. The next bit is, later in the night... Is off into the woods burying something. 
Yeah. Do you think this is do you think it's supposed to be night? Because you can see that there's a light, can't you? Sort of shine yeah, on it. I'm, but you it, know it when sort of look, looks really, really like midday or something, doesn't you, it? Yeah. There's a scene in a few scenes in Jaws where it's meant to be at night, and and all they did was they they shot it in the daylight, and then they turned the lights down on the cameras, right? Okay, and right. Yeah. allowed yeah. it to be feel more nighttime, more dusk. I mm. the reason I mentioned that is because I felt exactly the same. I didn't believe it was nighttime, yeah. and I think that I just think that filters were used, or that it that it was done in after the post production or something. Yeah, but not much. They don't not really put much effort into it. I thought <laughs> no, that's it, right. it, it, it just looked like daylight with a sort of light on the stand <laughs> to tell you it was night. <laughs> I totally agree. Yeah, but maybe they'd got like the oh, this will be good. This will film at nighttime. They got it back looking at it because it looks like daytime actually, but it's meant to be there. So they just reduced it a little. I, I agree with you. It just looked a bit like, oh, is it meant to be night? I think it was though. Anyway, so yeah. so we're meant to think that he's a murderer. Not only that Emily's dead, but he's a murderer now. That's what we're meant to think. Um, yeah. Now, this is later on walking along the garden with a style. This is Bob with a styled kind of. Is it one of those with the? Side up, is it one of those? Yeah, like, like a safari. Yeah, well, the Australians had him in the war, didn't they? Yeah, I wrote Crocodile Dundee. He looks like he's gardening yeah. as Crocodile Dundee. Yeah. <laughs> has he well, got the wheelbarrow at this point? He's, he's got the wheelbarrow, yeah. He's got the wheelbarrow an awful lot of the time, but doesn't he? He's got the wheelbarrow, but he's gardening, right? Okay, so he's. Bob has two uses for a wheelbarrow. One is to be suspicious, and the other is to do gardening. So this is the gardening <laughs> side of his, his work. Um, I'm. He's gardening in background, and then the WI meeting, another meeting, is happening in the foyer of this, whatever, patio, the patio area yeah. of this house. And we now know it's one month since Emily was last seen. Yeah. So this is a week after last thing. Yeah. She's talking to uh, the ladies, isn't she? And she's saying she's been to the, the police, and they just poo-pooed me. They uh, <laughs> poo-pooed <yeah. laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I wrote she, she was poo pooed by the popo. <laughs> There's a really nice bit here from Bernard. Uh, first of all, um, it says uh, because the police aren't taking Norma seriously, Bernard set comes in with um, you've got the legal right to make him tell you where she is. And then they say, no, she's a magistrate. She. She knows law. That's not that's not a law, Bernard. And then Bernard doesn't know what else to do, so she just chomps into a scone. Kind of really pushing down on the stereotypical plump woman now. Like, just shut up and eat. The cream coming out of the sides. It's just a really, really funny bit. And I really like Bernard for that. Um, it just occurred to me that uh, the only other place I've heard poo-pooed is in Blackadder, uh, when Blackadder goes forth, when uh, Stephen Fry's saying it. About yeah, it. yeah, and there's a link there, of course, with Nursey and yes. uh, Absolutely, yeah. there. Brilliant, yeah. So the police won't help. So she's got to deal with this herself, really. So I, I don't know, but she because we now know that she's a magistrate. This is, um, this. I think she could probably. I think, I think a missing person after a month is grounds for getting the yeah. police involved. I just don't understand why the police aren't interested. Anyway, they're not. So uh, um, there's no point in bothering them about this. <laughs> so she says, "Well, what are you going to do about it next?" And then 
she slowly picks up her teacup. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought, well, that's an interesting move, but I don't think moving in <laughs> slow motion far, is, the, is, is the answer here. <laughs> maybe a bit more speed. Maybe, Norma, yeah. this is the right the reason why you haven't found her sooner. And do, and do we at this point see um, Bob going by outside the window with really yeah. mysterious music? They have to time this conversation so that when Bob's walking by, they finish their dialogue and he's in the middle of the two women. It's, it's actually brilliant. Who's the director's name again? Uh, Gibbo. Alan Gibson. <laughs> right. So he's now the uh, kind of Stanley Kubrick. <laughs> With... I think he's, he's leapfrogged up a bit here from Michael Bay. <laughs> For that one scene. <laughs> right. What could it mean? What could that scene mean? The phone rings now and it is inside Rob's cottage. It's in the middle of the night. <clears throat> he picks it up. We don't know the time, by the way. It could have been 11. So not necessarily the middle. Um, he goes, who's that? She goes, oh, it's Emily. He goes, well, it can't be. Uh, we'll come back to that later. Mm-hmm. Be- be- because it can be Emily, if truth be told. Yeah, he could be. Yeah, he says we're starting to see a few grey areas here and yeah. forks in the road as to what the fuck yeah. could be going on. Yeah. So the next thing is in the scene in the pub. The landlord's just says, "Wife still away then? The wife is the wife mm. still away? Uh, yes. Um, <laughs> we get we get some odd shots of the people who are in here, aren't there? Because there's two old blokes playing cards. There's an old couple smoking, and yeah. uh, there's a man reading the paper and. Uh, I, I sort of couldn't describe him other than to put fake beard question mark. It, it, yeah. It, it looks very much like, like that, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it was. A bit, he looked a bit like a musketeer in a business <laughs> suit. <laughs> yes, he did. Yeah, that preened moustache type. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the, the barman, the landlord, he references the kids who found the, uh, the, the, the Roman horde and says that they're making a TV, a teleprogram about their find and probably that's life rather than oh. a teleprogram uh it was just a, yeah. a segment on that's life that's all um now then bob bob's next job is to sit in the bar and act suspicious he's kind of inviting people to stare exactly at him he's, he's looking for people to stare yes. at him yeah that's perfectly put there's a woman though Did, i don't know if you noticed the woman who was getting a, a light for a cigarette who i didn't yeah. know it was a woman at the time but it <laughs> she did look a bit weathered all right <laughs> it is a woman though but it was just a really nice if you can watch that again that's great uh so she anyway yeah the point is around the pub all the patrons sort of stop what they're doing you can imagine that if there was a piano being played he walks in everybody turns around i'm looking for jed mcgurder um spits in the in the tobacco <laughs> yeah um Dog, dog, dog walks into the saloon on on three legs. Says, "I'm looking for the man who shot my paw." <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh lord! <laughs> and yeah, and then um, now a woman, a woman then comes in from the WA, and she's got bin bags. She's saying she's doing the rummage sale. First time I'd. Known, we used to call them jumble sales, but I guess it's the same sort of thing. Second-hand stuff, given over for yeah. free and then made a little bit of money on it. Yeah. Um, 
I liked uh, I liked what she was kind of shouting as she came in the door. She's like, hello, Mr. Whatever, the landlord. Here I am, your worst customer. I only come in once a year. So presumably this is it. This is her only visit. She doesn't buy anything even when she yeah. comes in. They've been waiting all year for this. Um, yeah, so what she's doing is she's giving out bin bags that people can go to their homes get together and i guess this is part of the open day that they're having at the the country fate or whatever the house right yeah it's all on the committee yeah. minutes anyway, <laughs> <that's for sure. laughs> so now bob stands up yeah uh, give me a few of those uh you know why would a dead i mean why would a person need clothes anymore um He's doing a, a wonderful job of raising suspicion because even now he's thinking, oh, is he just badly scripted or is this all part of the plan? Yeah. Um, Can I have one torso shaped bin bag, please? And one about the size of a head. Yeah. Um, you'll be pleased to know here is the break. Okay, so um, this is the part where we come back after the break. It's a really, it's first of all, exterior shot of the big house. A long zoom that goes up to the window. Now this is pre sort of um, David Fincher, so it doesn't. So the camera stops at the window. It doesn't go through the window and make that blurry effect and then carry on. It just goes in, and then we see them yeah. looking through the wife's clothes, all, all the clothing. We know it's the wife's because they're references. This is her stuff. All oh, this stuff should have never chucked it away. Brilliant. Yeah, and her yeah. spectacles. And I, I actually think her spectacles, of course. Yeah. I actually think that's the only interior shot of this. Oh, yes, so it is. We see Rob through the window and we're looking down his neck. There he is. Yeah. He's behind a tree. Yes. And, and, and he's, yeah. he's seeing them looking through the wife's clothes now. We know this to be true. Yeah. But then... This is the last of his, uh, his famous trilogy of looks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll go for pensive for the, for this. Did, did you think he was pensive? I put knowing. Because he... Oh, cause right. he uh, Demo? How did you describe his look? I just said looking. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> this is the part now. It comes out of the... What is yeah. It's a library, but it's called the County Branch Library. The only thing is, I don't think that's a Toto thing. I don't think there's any reason for them to have messed with that sign. I reckon that that sign exists. County Branch Library is what it's called. Um, and he's as he, he's got some books, he's, he's, he's kind of having a look at the, what he's got in his paws at that stage. And then he just looks up. Oh, yeah, we see, by the way, the, the undercover cop man. Or, no, the undercover man. Fake beard. Right, we see him from a distance and he's looking at, at Bob. Bob looks up and sees somewhere else. But the thing is, I didn't, because I must have been writing my notes. So the next thing I saw was Bob... I, I, didn't, see, I didn't see anything either. Uh, I thought... I, I put, Bob runs towards the ladies unpacking yes. bags and looks round. And then I put, for what? Because I didn't know what on earth he was looking for. He gets to them, but he's still looking around. Now, yeah. Yeah. I think we catch sight of a blonde woman's back walking away so that must have been what he saw orig originally but I definitely didn't see that yeah well, uh, it is in fact the full blonde woman walking away uh, what did they say? than just the back <laughs> blonde woman's back <laughs> but, but 
I had a bit of an epiphany here because, as I say, I'd said, for what, in my notes? And then I've got, oh, he's thinking, and I've actually written this, oh, he's thinking he's seeing Emily. Mm. And it was such a, such a revelation. I put a question, uh, an exclamation mark, and I've underlined it. So that's how much of an impact this made on me. You're, no, you're definitely meant to think at this point that he has killed her, and now he's you know starting to go a bit yeah. crazy. Yeah. What's interesting is the two women seem to be in on the Emily thing because yeah. they're like, yeah, he thinks he's seen Emily. And we know that it's that that's what he thinks he's seen. The insinuation is they've got a lookalike to parade the streets of Venice, um, with a red with, with a red, red jacket. <laughs> but it turns out to just be a dwarf. <laughs> of course, it's not that. Um, it, yeah, they they they've hired this actress to walk around. Uh, when I say a blonde, it's not a blonde anyway. But anyway, she walks around and makes R- Bob think he's losing his mind, inferring yeah. that it can't possibly be her because he's done away with her, so he's seeing a ghost. That's what they say. Yeah. yeah. And Norma is trying to, yeah, to, to basically spook him into spilling the beans. The motive would be life insurance because she's just had her life insured for 50000 50, uh, by Bob. It's all adding up, you know? Well, I've got an, uh, another scene where Anthony Valentine's pushing a wheelbarrow. Correct. And this yeah. time we don't we see it through the point of view of a telescope, which... <laughs> I had binoculars, but you're right. There's not two of them, so it, no. is, it is a telescope. <laughs> <laughs> or the spy of a rifle, perhaps. Oh, it could be a sniper's <laughs> rifle, yes. <It> yeah. <laughs> Um, <laughs> this is, but it is, I think, when you see that single hole, the James Bond hole thing, that is a telescope. Would he, would he really need a telescope to be doing <laughs> him as well? I mean, it, it's a big garden, but it's not that big that you need a telescope no. to be halfway across it, is it? And what makes this probably even, like, the argument for that even better is that the next scene is that Bob looks around to see if anybody's looking and we see the glint in the distance of a, I can only presume is the lens of a telescope in in the bushes. Um, Hey, maybe maybe it's Sting practicing his tantricness. (laughs) Yes, Sting, it's Sting. Um, Every move you make, I'll be watching you. (laughs) He doesn't, Bob doesn't see it though. Right, this is important. Or that's what we're led to believe that Bob doesn't think he's been seen with this, yeah. with a wheelbarrow, and in the wheelbarrow, tarpaulin, um, spade, shovel, whatever it is. Yeah. We next see him digging in the woods. Yeah, that's he's he's there, either right? digging, burying. Is is basically he's building an hole anyway. Yeah. So why is he like we've seen him at night time digging? So presumably, if he had buried her, I know you know. It all comes out in the wash here pretty soon. But up to this point, why is he going back there? You know, there's no real reason for it other than, you know, what ha- ends up happening. My theory is, oh, yeah, because I thought, well, he's going to he's gonna dig up to see if she's still there. But... Or he's moving the body. Because I'll Cause... move the body, yeah. 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 <laughs> now then, he's, he's, build, he's digging his grave. That's it. I just got to go back. I did say building a hole. You, you're building a hole. You did yeah, say that. And yeah, which is the double negative <laughs> there. Or is that... Well, no, double negative. It's what? It's an oxymoron, isn't it? That's what the build... 
that. Yeah. Okay. So what's um what he's doing is he's just making sure that everything's in place for this final showdown. And what happens yeah. is he then is alerted to the fact that Emily, or who seems to be Emily, is walking through the woods. He's shocked, obviously, but it isn't Emily. Because she gets there and takes her wig off. All police lights come on. FBI, freeze, motherfucker. Put the shovel down, put the shovel down. Get on the ground, get on the ground. None of that obviously happens because it's the WI. But she does take a wig off. Yeah, so what happens really next is that the the wig wig comes off and it's long black hair. I mean, it couldn't have been... like You just hire a woman with blonde hair. (laughs) It was... So, like, it was the absolute opposite. We've, can I hire a blonde-haired actress for the afternoon? Uh, we've only got dark... Are, Which are you deaf? Relatively short blonde <laughs> hair, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, none of that Well, we've got but... long, long dark hair. Will that do for you? <laughs> <laughs> it kind of reminds me of Invasion of the Body Snatchers or something, where it's just everyone that had been in the episode suddenly descends <laughs> upon him in the woods. It's a, even the gardener, even, well, Crisp the gardener, he's, he's lots of work to do. But... Um, no, that's exactly... Yeah, they all emerge like characters out of The Simpsons or something. Just <laughs> in a circle around him, though. So, he's yeah. all... and he tries to make a run for it. He does that thing where uh, they grab him. They, they, uh, Norma and Musketeer Pi have his arms, and then he kind of turns around as if, "Yeah, I'll go along with this," and then makes a run for it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. And it's a really shit run for it. He gets about four feet before <laughs> yeah. your man tackles them to the ground. The detective tries to make an arrest. But you can't make an arrest, he says. You're a detective. And I was like, of all the people, of all the people that are going to be making arrests, detective is up there. He's like top three, at least. right? Okay. But no, uh, he goes to the magistrate to see if this is correct or not. She says, uh, I can, because I am a citizen, and any citizen can make an arrest. At which point the detective goes, oh, that means me then. <laughs> So our murderer has been caught red-handed, but of course there's no body at the moment, and that's the that's the problem they've got is they've got to have a he's been arrested for murder, but there's no body. So let's keep everybody around because, as the magistrate says, we'll all be witnesses to this. They're going to unearth the body. So I've called this chapter the unearthing, and I imagine in Kubrick's version of events there'd be a black screen, and then in typewriter it'd just say chapter five, the unearthing. And then we we'd be into the final part of this. Everybody is waiting. It's later on. The gardener Crisp is digging, right? Yeah. Now I have a problem with this. Why is he digging this? Like this isn't this isn't part of his contracted work. <laughs> <laughs> like this is clearly an old man for to to have that job in the first place. He's probably already done a, a shift mowing the lawn, and now they're all sitting there watching him dig this hole. <laughs> and there's a couple of time lapses here as well, so he, he's a wild dude. He, but he never, right? He never goes any further down. Like he's always at waist height. He's digging the side. Is he just kind of scraping the edges and making? Because they're all in their conversations. Ah, oh, she's dead, and I'm going to miss her, and you'll be witnesses, and she's being comforted. They're not watching that. Crisp is basically doing fuck all until the point where he goes. Clung, clung. <laughs> oh, what's this then? Right, pin that because they've definitely found something, right? Okay, mm-hmm. But but we don't know what it is, right? Uh, then in a fanfare, is that what you mean? Uh, Emily, Rhymes, yeah. yeah, Emily, yeah. Emily comes through the right. Oddest, <laughs> she's just got back. 
They're not in the house. Well, they must be in the woods by that hole. Um, yeah. <laughs> what made her think to look there? <laughs> yeah, it is. It's Emily. She's back. Well, obviously, uh, the setup between her and Bob, he could. And it, well, where was she? You know, we know where she says she was, but she could have been just hiding in the bushes with Sting. <laughs> so maybe she knew exactly where oh, they all were. Good point. Yeah, this is a good point. Yeah. So there's a moment in like most cartoons that you get where like He Man saved the day, and then the Thundercats they've they've solved the problem, and mm. then there's that last two minutes where Schnarf or Orko says something completely ridiculous, and then they all go. Ha, 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 ha. This is that bit where they go. So oh, I've come up with a title for the book: Monkey Jim in Timbuktu. Ha, 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 ha. But of course, it doesn't. It doesn't stop freeze frame, was there? Credits rolling up because it carries on. We've got to go. We've got to work out. We've got. There's more to. What's going on here? Yeah, she. So she explains where she's been. She says she's been locked away in a hotel on the coast, uh, where they brought meals to her room. <laughs> so for six weeks, she's been treating herself like she's trying to get off heroin, uh, just so she can write a children's short story. <laughs> Um, she then spots the detective. Oh, have we met? No, I'm Detective Mouseketeer. Um, uh, she's not said, uh, why is there a hole in the woods? In in actual retrospect, uh, when you look back at this, you think, oh, well, she knows that all this is happening, so she's just got to pick and choose yeah. how she deals with things. Um, because what he's basically saying is, the reason I was digging is because I was, I've got a metal detector uh phase yeah and i was i found something now the reason i actually to pin that thing earlier is because they found something in the hole that could have been a roman horde they never go back to it and that's i would yeah that was my bit what, he's found, what, did, what did they find they never we never actually see bob's metal detecting no we, we don't no just digging yeah. just the digging maybe he's got an embarrassing one like <laughs> he, he doesn't want to be seen with it <laughs> So, uh, the kind of I guess one of the n- nice lines about this is as Norma gets her comeuppance, is the detective says, "I'll I'll send you through the invoice." Or he doesn't say. It yeah, as, and he, he says it weirdly. He seems really disapproving of her, doesn't he? You know, <laughs> that, that's yeah. the thing. He's he's somehow judging her on the fact that she's got it wrong. It's, it's a... yeah. Well, they all do that, and that's the bit that I nearly have the most problem with in all this yeah he he you know is gonna get paid regardless so what's what's the difference to him him and the i love the way he says yeah we'll send you our invoice and then him and the actress just leave together (laughs) they just walk (laughs) off into the woods yeah that's right they all go Uh, even bernard said like oh maybe this is a story you'll have to tell your friends whoever wants to listen yeah she's very smart Mm. she's been the kind of bumbling sidekick all along and she's just turned on her straight away like this is this is ruined Norma's kind of street cred in the town. So uh, they all leave, right? Now everybody's gone. So now it's just down Norma, Emily, and Bob walking back to the house. And here's the the twist. Because if you thought that was the twist, and this is the bit where I said that the Tales of Unexpected did something that they've never done before, and the twist would have been, had it left at that stage, that there was no twist, and you've been so conditioned to look for the twist. There wasn't one. It was just you went on. Yeah. Your head took you on a twist, and there wasn't one. But actually, no, you are rewarded in in small. Well, I think at this point, Bob's, Bob's trying his fourth expression out, which I've put down as unbelievably smug. It is, isn't it? And in fact, yeah. you don't notice it straight away, but so is Emily. There is, you. She is smug, yeah. but she doesn't show it 
instantly. Um, and there's also the second of these kind of uncomfortable uh, approaches by Emily and Bob. There's this weird kind of 10 seconds where everyone else is gone and the two of them are arm in arm and they just, they're kind of slowly walking towards normal <laughs> with these smiles on her face. That that really looked like it was the start of a horror film now. <laughs> that where was, she's going to end up in the hole. That was flypaper. <laughs> That that moment yeah. there, that was flypaper. <laughs> so here's so what what's the what what was the plan? What was the ultimate plan? Because none of this is by accident. Well, I think Rob Rob should really speak on this because there's a lot of legalities involved here. <laughs> Go for it, Rob. <laughs> well, well, what he says, what Bob says, is that uh, he's going to sue her. He's going to sue her for slander, defamation, wrongful arrest, and uh, assault. I mean, the only sort of thing I would say, as, as everybody knows, really, is slander and defamation. <laughs> Uh, slander is a form of defamation, the uh, way it's spoken. The other one is, is libel, where it's written. So you wouldn't sue for both, because it's uh, defamation is just the root from which these two spring. This is why I have Rob on the podcast, by the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so so he, they basically say, this is what we're going to do, and Emily is all part of this, right, okay? It's like, no, I'm sticking up for my sister. No, right, okay, this... That's the point where... Norma realizes this was your plan all along. You've yeah. you've led me into this situation. She doesn't. She. I guess that none of this actually is verbatim. But you've led me into this situation. I now have to react in the way the only way I can. They say it for her. Unless it's kind of blackmail. We'll take you to court unless you give Emily what she's owed. Uh-huh. In that, yeah. out of that, because they they also said you conned your dad out of uh, rewriting his will. Yeah, it feels fair to me actually. I think they've done it the right way. And of all Bob's scamming and scheming in the past, this one, uh, I've got to hand it to him. This is a is a cracking affair. This one, well played. A month it's taken him, and an awful lot of digging. Yeah, in what passes for the dark. Well, at least he got to stay living in his comfortable lodge. He didn't have to head off and hide in, in a B&B <laughs> or here or whatever it was for, for six weeks. With him slipping of food under the door. Yeah. <laughs> the, the last word, which is actually it's not really the case, is Norma, who decides, I'm going to faint. Um, yeah. At which point she does. And then, <laughs> this is a nice bit, they leave her and skip off. <laughs> <laughs> with with Bob doing his evil villain laugh uh, yeah. as they go, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I thought that was a pretty crap faint now, but I, oh, I thought her yeah. acting kind of dwindled as the episode went on. I I had to rewind to to yeah. check it because I thought, what's happened here? Because she just sort of <laughs> 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 I thought Sting had shot her from the bushes. I also rewound, and I because I wanted to see if I was correct in thinking that she got herself into position to faint. It's like she, yeah. she was like, just make sure, make sure everything's right and <laughs> relax. Anyway, and that is where the glangs come up. That is the end of our episode. And uh, I, I actually think there was there was plenty to criticise in this, mainly to do with some of the some of the odd choices. But um, overall, I actually really enjoyed this episode. I thought it was I thought the way that it tricks you as a viewer into thinking that there was no twist, there was a twist, the twist is not the twist, and then, oh, bang, we're in. Yeah. I liked it. Yeah. I, I didn't feel a lot of sort of sympathy or support for Bob, though, you know? Uh, not sort of built him up in any way that you sort of, that I was rooting for him. And I think that it would have been better if that had happened. Well, I suppose you are meant to think that he's murdered his wife for <laughs> 20 minutes of it, so... 
Yeah, but he wasn't a very sympathetic wife killer, that's for true. Um, yeah, I thought it was a bit convoluted. I, I think I enjoyed it more on the second watch, knowing where it was going. Um, because you, you know could I mean? see those, yeah. you could see those areas yeah. where things were forced into making you think things. Yeah. yeah, I think I think they could actually probably stretch that to almost a movie if they, you know, stretched out the scenes more. I they fit a lot in. A bit, bit yeah. more wheelbarrow action. I would imagine Absolutely. a few more looks. That <laughs> yeah. that has already been made into an erotic thriller from the eighties, anyway. Possibly so. Well, you mentioned Jack Ritchie at the start with his two first names. He wrote it, and when I looked him up, he actually won an Edgar Award for the, for this story in really? around nineteen eighty. So somebody liked it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. So um, we're wrapping up. Uh, thank you to Damo for joining us again uh, another wonderful episode I think thank you so much lads thank you brilliant you, anything from you Rob well uh, I mean obviously I would also say it's great to have Damo back with us and uh, and I would say that our next one oh, yes. is uh, in the in the bag which is a story by a guy called Robert L Fish and uh, this is about Cara who's determined to get back her family jewels which has been hidden away in a safe she hires a safe cracker and goes along with him undercover. Now, I sort of thought she could get John Mills from the previous episode. Jim Morrissey, John Morrissey or something like that, wasn't it? Sam Morrissey. <laughs> yeah. I, th- I think this is actually an American one. Yeah, I think it might yeah. be. Yeah, yeah. So maybe John Mills is on the run over there. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> right, time is about to end. Uh, we'll end this podcast now. Thank you very much for joining us. Everybody else, thank you. Demo, Rob, Goodbye. see you soon. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. See you next week. Bye-bye. The